I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. I am your host, Kurt Sandig, and on this week's edition, I have a very, very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? It's because you're scared of saying my last name. No, no, wait. Watch this. Mac Beauvais. Oh, oh, you win, you win. Most people are like, please introduce yourself because I've forgotten how to say your name two seconds after you told me it. I was so terrified about saying your last name that I watched your Kickstarter, which we'll talk about in a second. And then I, I, the first line on my thing right here, it's Mac, it's Mac, B-O-E slash V-A-Y. So I can make sure I didn't mess it up. You're on it, man. Mac Beauvais. Yeah. Uh, so hi, I'm Mac. I do a little bit of everything. I'm an actor, a cosplayer, a writer. Uh, I GM for a couple of live streams on Twitch. I have a- Wait, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now on Happy Jack's RPG podcast, I am GMing every other Wednesday, Razor Ridge, Werewolf the Wild West. That's awesome. Uh, I'm also in a Vampire the Masquerade game that's coming to a close soon, and I'm going to be doing a three-shot for Saving Throw show next month. I'm going to be running Teenagers from Outer Space. Holy crap. And what, wait, what Twitch is this on? How do you how do we find this? So you go to twitch.tv, and you can look up the Happy Jack's RPG group, or you can look up Saving Throw show, and... Um, Saving Throw Show, I also used to GM the second season of Phoenix Dawn Command, which may or may not be coming back at some point. That's all. I had no idea about that. Oh, yeah. I get bored easily, and so I have 10 million bajillion hobbies. Yeah, it's you do. out of control. That uh, is true. Well, and I also co-host a podcast with my husband called Disney Distilled, where we drink and discuss Disney news. Which is two of my favorite things, drinking and Disney. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And then every week, or uh, every week, every week that we actually do the show, because you have to be ready to drink on that show, <laughs> the drinks are either um, we re- recreate what's served in Disney parks or they're inspired by Disney. Wait, so so if I was to go to this podcast, I could have a Dole Whip? Well, when did you get an alcoholic Dole Whip in the parks? Well, it's Trader Sam's, but does that count? Does Trader that Sam's count? doesn't have an alcoholic Dole Whip, but there are other beautiful drinks there. They'll make you one. Well, we can make our own, too. We, <laughs> well, you can put in a special request when you come to Sweet. our podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I do all of that, and right now I'm running a Kickstarter, and I want to kick myself in the face, because uh, crowdfunding is hard, guys. Crowdfunding uh, is the worst. Yeah. So do me a favor and take a second and really listen to this next part, because... Everybody that crowdfunds, they deserve everything they get because it is so tough. It's it's brutal, and we have very lofty aspirations, but we also have a really great show that we want to put on. It's called Typecast. So it's following three actors in Hollywood that are trying very desperately to break out of their typecasting. They're usually cast in horror films and sci-fi and things like that um, because they're literally monsters. Th- that is the correct term, literally. They are monsters. Yeah. I, I can attest to this. Yeah, so uh, my character, which is actually, we shot a live-action uh, breakfast cereal commercial for the Kickstarter with my character, Abby, who is the current mascot for Full Moon Flakes. I love it. Which is funny because in our mythology, um, werewolves are very much like when they cast animals in television shows. They always cast female animals so you don't have to deal with the whole junk issue. (laughs) So in our mythology, generally all of the werewolves cast in media are women. That's awesome. But they can only work three nights out of the month. Well, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Um, But sort of the, the top level pitch is it's being human meets extras. Um, Which is a perfect, that's, that is the perfect elevator pitch. When you told me that, that is perfect elevator pitch. Yeah. And it's great because we also have Tony, who's a bog monster. 
and but he is theatrically trained, like Shakespearean level actor. But he looks like an unspeakable horror. So wait, was he in the was he in the trailer? He wasn't. Okay. Uh, when we did the proof of concept, it was completely out of pocket. We could only really afford to do one makeup for two days, and we decided the breakfast cereal commercial was a nice in world thing to give a flavor of what our world is. And we also didn't show our third lead, who is uh, Leroy, who's a zombie. And they don't but you make... have a zombie in the, the thing, though. We do, but it's not Leroy. Oh, okay. It's just to show that our world is populated by actual monsters. Which I loved. When... And it's not just she's in makeup. It's she's literally a werewolf. Yes. Um, but Leroy, uh, they don't make zombie movies anymore because it's considered on PlayStation. <laughs> um, and since the undead rights movement, it's just rather gauche to do it. So he tends to play cadavers in crime procedurals. I, that's right. I forgot that well, uh, Ben said that during that the little blurb about it and i started cracking up about that because yeah. it's perfect well and then you have the whole issue of dead face which is just really rude <laughs> <laughs> live actors taking zombie jobs it's just not right so who did the makeup for you because that was incredible uh so my friend michael spatola is actually a director at the cinema makeup school he is an industry veteran who's been doing makeup um since forever his first film i think was return of the living dead holy crap yeah and he's been working in this industry for decades and i met him because i was um uh first modeling for him when um i got started in modeling and then he started doing these two books uh that are out now and he's working on the third called the monstrous makeup manuals and i was in book one and two as a makeup model so he put horrible messed up makeup on me because i love being under monster makeup and uh, he came on and did the application. So what we are showing in the Kickstarter is the level of makeup we can achieve. Oh, but it's, it's also why we need the funding because we want it to be film quality makeup. We don't want it to look cheap and cheesy. Otherwise, we would have already shot this with a paper bag over Ben's head that says Bog Monster. Exactly. On it. No, that's what I was going to say that it was not like you you guys went over to Halloween Town and bought the werewolf mask off the sh the shelf. I mean, it is detailed prosthetic makeup. Yeah, it was. A very expensive piece that I paid for out of pocket. Two of them, in fact, because I we had two different days of shooting to have that applied. And I had to look very carefully. Uh, weird fun fact. Werewolf makeup is mostly modeled and made for men's faces. I and I that. have a rather petite face comparatively. <laughs> so finding werewolf makeup that off the shelves <clears throat> that fits my face is a really difficult task. So we were super lucky. Although the first day of filming, it didn't align. The nostrils didn't align properly. So I could not breathe through my nose the entire oh, day the makeup geez. was on. And you get the snot reservoir, oh, is yeah. what I call it. Oh, yeah. And the second day, I had one nostril I could breathe through. So, And uh, I also had a ripped contact and a migraine. So that was good time. But I got to <clears> and those are serious contacts, too. Yeah, and those are actually mine. I already had those. those Holy were, I had those commissioned for my data cosplay. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. <laughs> and that I had, so I had custom teeth made as well that I um, had made for that project that um, were molded so I can I can speak in them. I wear them on camera a lot. Okay, I was just going to ask, did you have to fun. ADR everything if you had the teeth in or no? No, no. Wow. Actually, I can, I can talk completely normally with them in because they were specially made with a mold of my top and bottom teeth. Oh, wow. And I had those done by um, my, my fang smith down in San Diego. <laughs> um, and I actually wear them a lot when I'm doing... Um, like GMing and, and playing in games because I tend to play monster characters because that's sort of my life. That's awesome. It, it, it honestly, like, when you guys get a second, 
you can even pause this and go to it, but come back. Uh, you mm-hmm. should definitely go to Kickstarter and check out Typecast. It looks phenomenal. And we got some weird rewards, too. I mean, we do have opportunities to come and be a monster in makeup or to come and get lessons on set from Michael Spatola himself See, cool. about how to do the makeup. We also have a really cool, very unusual thing. Our friends at Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab formulated a perfume for us that is the Full Moon Flakes perfume, and it smells like chocolate cereal and marshmallows. Holy like, crap. Shit you not. Holy crap. <laughs> I want that. That's freaking rad. Like, it smells exactly like the cereal. That's awesome. Which, like, I loved, I love uh, monster cereals anyway, but I love the fact that you guys made your own monster cereal for this. Instead of going like, oh, we'll just change Fruit Brute, you know, slightly. No, you went all out. Yeah, and we uh, we actually had a mascot uh, illustrated for us by Abraham Lopez, who, if you've seen the um, the Batman Haunted Mansion mashup, that's kind of oh, one of the big things, the stretching portraits. Really? That's his artwork. He did Mooney the Werewolf for us. That's cool. And then our friend uh, Bat Rivera of Dark Knight Studio designed the entire cereal box, and you can get a downloadable copy of it. And it has activities and games and in-jokes all over the cereal box. See, this is worth it just for that information alone. You don't even have to listen to the rest of my part of the podcast. Uh, (laughs) No, that's way cool. And and I really hope that you guys get it because there's there's not a lot of stuff that I will back on Kickstarter because I get leery about it. But when there's a good project with an actual like doable budget, in my opinion, and like taking it seriously is the other big thing, which a lot of them don't do. That's why I think it looks fantastic. And I think you guys are like, you guys deserve to get it. Yeah, I've been working my ass off. I will literally have to have a prosthetic ass to film because <laughs> I won't have an ass left, which is an impressive feat. An, an assless werewolf. <laughs> uh, well, all right, but there's something else that you, ha- you you do that you haven't even mentioned yet. You oh, actually God, I do so many things. I can't keep track anymore. Well, yeah, you, you actually <laughs> read tarot cards, too. Yeah, I, I am a tarot reader, and uh, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab's monthly events, I'm usually there as a tarot reader. I am for hire. I sometimes do Skype readings. Uh, one of the levels for the rewards on the ty- on the Typecast Kickstarter is actually a 30-minute Skype tarot reading. That's what made me th- remember it. Yeah, yeah. From me. And you've, yeah. Done, you've done a reading for me once. Yeah, I've been reading tarot cards for about three years now. I really started doing it right before my mother died because I got them for my birthday that year. And found i have a bizarre neck for it you you definitely do because when you when you read my tarot cards it was a real short reading we were at a friend's party right yeah and it was really loud in there too so it it really was really really hard because i was like and i'm gonna scream (laughs) at you what the cards mean but it was really really crazily accurate and not accurate in the whole like uh you've got a dead relative and that dead relative has a vowel in their name it wasn't anything like that it was like it was like eerily accurate where i didn't have to think about is that right or am i projecting no john nope, edwards right. thing for me yeah it was totally right it creeped me out honestly i get that a lot actually and i just i really can't i can't quantify it um and i don't know if it's the fact that we're really good at pattern recognition and maybe it's something that i'm just particularly adept at i don't have a good explanation for it beyond but all i care about is that it's helpful for people yeah. and I don't do like I will tell you about the future and all for me that's not helpful my readings are always sort of the here and now and a snapshot of like here's where you came from here's where you are here's where you're going because I also feel like if you know where things might be headed and you don't like it you can course correct sure oh yeah so sometimes I see something I'm like hey have you thought about it this way and they've gone no no I haven't oh crap and 
sure. for me, like I, I always end my readings with, was that helpful? Oh yeah. And that's true. You did. You did say that. Uh, but no, but why can't, why won't you predict the future? Cause isn't that helpful knowing what's coming? I think that we have a lot of autonomy though. I don't think it's set in stone. I can go, Hey, I think this is where things are headed. But if you like that, then keep on this path. If you don't, here's how you can fix it. Are you an everything happens for a reason person or no? If that were the case, I don't understand the reason for a lot of the bullshit I've had to deal with in my life. So I, I don't personally like to think that. I think that we we have the power, but sometimes we don't see our own situations from the view of an outsider. We can't step away from it far enough sure. to make better calls. And I think tarot cards are a really good way to have someone approach you. Like I have so many times I read cards and they're like, yeah, I know, I know. And it's like, I know you know, but you obviously needed to hear it from somebody <laughs> else because you're unhappy and you need to be able to fix it. And hearing it from a completely neutral source makes a huge difference. Oh, God, yeah. I know when I'm going down the wrong path with a girl, like 100%. Not that that was what my reading was about at all. But, <laughs> uh, but when you hear it from somebody else, you can either go, well, whatever, I'll see what happens. Or you can go, oh, maybe there is something there. So it... No, it's true. You need to, sometimes you need to hear the God awful truth. So that is an nth degree of what you can hear here. Just to let you guys know if you've listened to the first episode with Mickey, maybe an uh, episode with Todd as well, although Todd banished it, but my house has definitely got something in it. I say it's haunted, whether people believe that or not, that's up to them. But uh, so I just wanted to give her an example of things that do start up because there's no. There's nothing on the roof. There's no tree or anything above it. So just so you have an idea of what to listen for, but it's not, that's, that's a, that's kind of like a hello. That's all. Oh, that no, that's super curious. I'm really curious about it because I haven't had any kind of true encounter that I can really point at, but I also live, I'm a skeptic, but I As, well, want, I, I want to, you know, if there is something out there, like I never discount what people tell me because <clears throat> just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean that it isn't accurate. Oh, sure. And I, I'm never one to tell someone, hey, that's stupid. But I, I just haven't experienced anything. And I've been in a lot of positions and places where I'd be primed to experience something. But I feel like, I don't know, it's like maybe I push it away because they're like, oh, my God, this happens to me every time I go to this place. And I go and I'm like, all right. No, I, anybody there? Hello. There's a lot of people that I know that 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 say the same thing. That well, how come it doesn't happen when I'm here? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't. It's not like it's something I can control. But there are a lot of people that can push that kind of energy away. So I attract unusual people, but I don't tend to attract other unusual happenings. I'm not sure why that is. I've always had people drawn to me uh -huh. all my life, and. Weird strangers come and like, I'm going to tell you my entire life story. I'm like, well, that's not cool, fun. bro. Whatever. Um, all right. But I've had people come up and they feel like they can just tell me literally anything. And I don't know why. I don't. I'm. I'm glad that I don't have that ability. I don't want that. I don't want people to come up and talk to me. That's I, my I whole goal. I hate people. That's so exactly I don't it. Understand it. But if I can keep 97 percent of people yeah. away from me, it makes me happier. But it might be part of why I have a lot of intuition as a tarot reader. You know, it's more of a connection yeah. with, with that plane of things. And you weren't trained. This is something that you weren't No, no. On? I mean, I did a lot of reading on it. I'm a huge nerd, so I always research everything. But I'm self-taught, and I just kept at it. I used to keep a journal. I used to have a journal with, like, my makeshift quick notes of, like, what each card meant. And now I don't need that anymore because wow. it's just 
I can look at it and kind of get a feeling from the cards in front of me. It's all contextual. One card sure. in one spread means one thing, and one and the same card in a different spread means something completely different. And it varies from person to person. Sometimes I'll look at it and be like, why did that card come up? And then I'm, I think about it, I'm like, oh, I've never seen it come up for that before. That's interesting. One of the few other times I've had a tarot reading done, I was still, I was still living in Michigan, and this woman's like, oh, I can read your tarot cards, and, and you're gonna be, you're gonna walk away amazed. And I was like, sure, go for it. Oh, that's a big fucking oh, claim. That's and I was like, I'm like, yep, okay. <laughs> I hope cursing's okay. Oh I'm no, please, a terrible. Person. Swear away, swear away. <laughs> yeah. So she went to tell me. She went on to tell me about um, all about my sister. I don't have a sister. And she went on. But don't you? That's exactly. I mean, like, I was like, is she trying to tell me that I've got a sister? No, no. She was like, she was like, you know, your sister, the one that you hung around with the most as a child. And I was like, you mean maybe, maybe, maybe my brother is what you're thinking of? She's like, no, no, no. This is definitely a sister. It's not an aunt. It's not your mom. It's your sister. You, you looked up to her. She drove you everywhere. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And it about. wasn't an older brother or something that decided they wanted to no. become your sister? Nope. Okay. No, like there was literally. And I, so I was like, okay, maybe she's just getting the wrong energy from one of my brothers. And then she just went off and she's like, oh, um, your, your grandfather is telling me from the other side, both of my grandfathers were alive at that time. And I was like, he was okay. just, he was in the Odin sleep yeah. and he was speaking to her. I was like, okay, what's he got to tell me? She's, she's like, oh, he wanted to tell you that, um, he's really proud of you because you know you, wow. what you're doing. I was like, the what, fuck are what you talking a about? weird fucking grasp at straws Oh no, there. she seriously was. And I've had some, I, I really haven't had a lot of people read for me. I had one person through a website where, um, they can... Uh, they pair up people that are trying to become tarot readers to have an opportunity to work with other people. And so I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll see what comes up. And this girl was like, yeah. And it's like, you know, I think you have kids and like this whole thing. And just, I was just like, I don't, sorry, honey. No, it's not even close. And you know what? I have, I have bum readings. Sometimes I have stuff that comes up and I'm like, this is gibberish or I'm not in a good state of mind. Or, and it's it's a two-person thing. It's not just me talking at a person. Sure. It's a conversation. Yeah. And you get people that close down, and they're already closed down to it from the outset. And to me, that's the same as if I came here for a conversation with you, and then just expected you to talk at me the exactly. entire time. Like, well, then what do you expect to get out of it? Well, I've, I've done red carpets where the celebrity said, yep, nope, I don't know. Next question. And I was like, give me something. You know that you're in an interview setting. Like, yeah. come on. And it's not even a digging for information. It's a, this, I'm talking to you about stuff that I'm seeing on pieces of paper right now. Like, are you interested in this or, or not? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to trick her. I wasn't trying to like, I wasn't shut down. I was like really hopeful. Like, yeah, this will be awesome. I want my tarot cards read. This would be cool. And I walked away going, well, that was shit. Like, complete, utter shit. Yeah. That's so weird. Because even I, like, I've been doing it for, you know, the better part of three years now. And I still sometimes go, I I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> but it's something. And, and the people that I read for come back to me again and again and again. So I'm doing something I was going to say, yeah, obviously right. you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I have no intention of being a charlatan or building it up as something more than it is. And some people are like, well, isn't it just a general, you know what, whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. Like I'm not selling it up as some big crazy thing. Maybe there is something. I don't fully understand it, but if it's helpful, who cares? It's to me, it's the same as you go to see a therapist. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know, and do you feel better now? Yes. 
then it's fine. Yeah, you got something out of it. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, all right. That's that's exactly how I feel about the whole psychic and tarot card thing. But again, I also think there's a lot of people that don't feel that way that you do. And it's just a total scam. BS. How can I make money off this person again and again? I saw that come up recently. I was talking with a friend and, you know, there was this information that was coming out and, you know, these these couple of psychic people. And I'm like, have they asked you for money yet? Because that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I do not charge a lot. But it is time and energy, and you do anything that's a craft. You oh, know? sure. But there's some people I see how much they charge for it, and I'm like, wow. I mean, if people want to pay me that much, cool. I'm not going to yeah, say no. Yeah, I, I won't say no to money, but come on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am right there with you. Well, I'm glad that you said that you're also a skeptic, too, because I think that's, that's one of the questions I ask every guest. Do you consider yourself a believer or a skeptic? Or do you think you're, are you a hopeful skeptic? Hopeful on some respects, because there's also some stuff that people talk about, and it's like, no, that that sounds awful. Like, I don't want to have fucking demon possession and like exorcisting oh, nope. up in here. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. I hate. I hate. I hate uh, possessions, and I hate ghost kids. Yeah. There's, ghosts. There's I can some handle. really kids, bullshit things out there where it's like, um, there's there's some stuff that's benign, and it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. It'd be cool if you know maybe I run into a ghost or something. Uh, a poltergeist that's causing scratches and damage to per- no. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. Move. Why would you yeah, stay there? That, to that point, that <clears throat> that is no hopeful. Yeah. Uh, hopeful maybe for werewolves, depending on the mythology, but werewolves. Did you? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't remember if you did, but did you hear? Uh, the story about why I knew that there was a ghost in here? No. All right. For, I'll, I'll do it real quick. Don't worry, listeners. Be real quick. So I moved in here with this girl. I was engaged to her. We moved in the house. And every time that she took a shower, I would be sitting in here watching TV. And I hear step, 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 bang in the shower. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? So when she got out of the shower, I was like, what was that? And she's like, oh, the shampoo bottle fell. Every time the shampoo bottle would fall. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I live with a pervy ghost who just wants to see my girlfriend bend over in the shower. <laughs> and so I made the mistake of telling the next girl, because I, we that girl and I broke up. Whoa. Ah! Hey, that was actual people <laughs> with mail. You're like in the middle of the story. And it's like, what is that? Yeah, that's the mail slot. And that God, scared the hell out of damn. me too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm really intensely listening to your story. And I'm like, <clears throat> ghost, tell me more. Yes. What, is happening? what is happening behind me? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Um, why is the mail coming so late? What the I, hell? I, yeah, like, holy shit, why is the mail it's coming at this time. hour? Yeah, that... Do you have a vampire mail carrier? Because <laughs> exactly. also, that's one of the things I'm hopeful for, because vampires are pretty sexy. Vampires are damn sexy. But, but... Come back, before vampire mail carrier. I, before I got terrified, um, so the <laughs> next girl, I told the next girlfriend about it, and then it never happened with her. And she got really mad at me because she thought exactly she was so pissed at the ghost from that point forward. Fuck you, ghost! Exactly. Well, all right. So, since you said that you're a skeptic, what do you think about uh, UFOs and aliens? I think we're in a pretty big universe for there to not be other stuff. But I've always been vaguely weirded out by aliens. They're one of the few things for me where I'm like. Because humans are garbage. Yes. So I could totally see why they might come and just exterminate us. Um, but, like, as far as aliens go, like, I, if there are other beings out there, I'd like it to be more of, like, the day the Earth stood still than War of the Worlds. Oh, God, yes. 
But I haven't seen anything, and I think there's it's hard because there there's a lot of really weird, strange sky phenomena that has a very solid scientific basis for it. Sure. That um, there's that, and, and it's funny when you go back and you look like historically what people believed in, that didn't used to be a thing, but aliens seem to have taken over a lot of the same mythology, the same notes of mythology and, and beliefs as... Uh, things like fairies sure so it's evolved what we what's popular yeah it's it's very often those things are what's in the zeitgeist right now and so you can look and you can see the connections between these two things and people we're always in a cycle the world is always recycling the same ideas over and over again they're just putting a different facade on it well what you're what you guys have just witnessed is because i didn't tell mac anything about what i was going to talk about uh the paranormal news of the week is about To the Stars Academy, which was created by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. And and based on everything I've heard, Tom has access to very high levels of government with direct knowledge of the existence of UFOs, aliens, how we reverse-engineered UFOs for the the use in military. But it also seems like, and this is where you're going to find it very interesting, it seems like Tom has inside knowledge of a lot of classified paranormal topics because he does seem to spend a lot of time on YouTube and believes everything, including that... Greek mythology, fairies, angels, gods, we're all aliens. It's just cyclical, which is very funny That's that you really said it funny. that way. Although I don't agree with him that he says that the gray aliens are um, oh, the robot AIs. That makes no sense to me. I think it's stupid. Well, then again, you also have the people who think the greys are running around with Bigfoot because Bigfoot's an interdimensional That pisses me too. off, too. Like, there's no. all kinds of really crazy Bigfoot weird is stuff out blood. there, and I'm just... I haven't seen anything. I have. I obviously maybe the government's hiding something from us, and they're doing a interesting job of it. I guess. I mean, I've listened to a lot of that information. I don't focus on it as much as like uh, cryptids and older mythology because sure. it's not as much my interest base. But yeah, it, it's weird. Just historically, how things change and and how they evolve with us as a culture. Oh yeah, you know and. Um, you can really look back at the timeline for when you started seeing UFOs and the people that started reporting that. You know, you get the the Betty and Barney Hills of the world. Sure. And it's just, um, there's always a starting catalyst point. It's the same thing with, you know, Nessie. It's the same yeah. thing with uh, even Bigfoot. There are so many things. And I'd love, to, I'd love for there to be more stuff out there. Cryptozoologists are always very big on, like, we have found some things. Like, I think red pandas and the coelacanths. Yeah. Like... Yeah, those those were legit. There is some weird stuff out in the world that we have not fully uncovered, but I don't think it's necessarily as much as we think. And yeah, the the UFO thing, I I don't know. And also why I know this has been asked in much lately, <laughs> why so much butt stuff? Like really, what is there to learn from that? I would think they'd rather dissect something else or be like poking around in your brain well see i don't think i don't i don't believe in the whole like alien anal probes and all that jazz um i do think that they that they're after our natural resources i think that that's a very well they're fucked because we already ruined those oh, so God, screw yeah. you aliens exactly but we they've been doing it. it they've been around for a while so they've been beating us to it sadly but now we're screwing we're all a, of it we're up. in a race for fucking up this planet oh, good job everybody yeah you're not even kidding but tom DeLong says that they have the ability Right now, first he has he has proof of disclosure, which he says he's going to release to us. And it's so weird that it's coming from Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Yeah, they're always going to release it to us. If you had it, then you're going to just do it. Well, that's why he's doing it. Because some of these guys that he has... I will say this, though. 
as much as I think I'm very sketchy about Tom DeLonge being the one that's going to release all this information, um, the people that is that are on his panel for To the Stars Academy are all high, high-level military people with, like, skunk works. Like, they built all of the stealth fighters and uh, Department of Defense people. Like, high freaking level. So I don't know how he got them to open up and say some of the stuff they said. He said all the small things. That's what it takes. It's all the small things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all the small things for 500, please. Hey, oh, it's uh, aliens. But uh, but yeah, he says that they're going to, they're going to make an anti-gravity vehicle. Like it's going to be flying. And he said it's going to be within two years. Okay. Well, all I really care about hearing that is that we can bring back the, uh, the flying saucers at Disneyland with anti-grav yes. technology. Oh my God. How cool would that be? So, uh, that, that's really my goal there. Cause I think we're already pretty bad with terrestrial cars that if we have flying cars, yeah, no it's going to be Mm-mm. bad or we're going to go into an iRobot situation. It's all, that, that all avenues great. are bad with anti-grav cars. I agree with that. Unless it's Disneyland. I've often said that if I could go back in time, I would go back to one of the first couple of years of Disneyland. And that's one of the first rides I would go on. My mom rode those and oh, she told so me about awesome. them and they are, they were, um, they only worked part of the time, and you had to really lean. And then they tried to relaunch it uh, I was gonna with say, the Luigi's Flying yeah. Tires, but they were much bigger. There's a lot more safety concerns now than there were back when the Flying Saucers no originally cared. launched. And that's why there's a whole other ride there now, which is actually really fun. I've not been on it since it has... It's really charming. It's really fun. And it's got um, more of the GPS mapping technology, so it's a trackless Oh, that's ride. cool. So that that's really cool. And... About time, because Japan had it with their Winnie the Pooh adventure yeah, for years now, which, oh my god, is absolutely, like, it's one of the best rides at um, Tokyo Disneyland. It's really? Phenomenal, the technology in there, because it's it's weirdly immersive, and all of the vehicles are zooming in and out around each other. It See, was, that's cool. It was very cool. And then they tried to launch it out in the States with Tower of Terror um, on the East Coast. Yes. And then it makes the ride break most of the time. Which, that is the Superior Tower of Terror. So I've been told. I won't go on it. I'm a ride wimp. I, I have thoughts, but I'll save those for when you come on my <laughs> podcast to talk Sounds about Disney. <laughs> Sounds great. I will. I will. I got some uh, secondhand knowledge of people that were there opening day that I'll, I'll gladly tell you about on your podcast. Yes. Or we'll just have a mashup and it'll be Paranormal Distilled. Hey, that works too. Anytime you can do Paranormal in there, I'm all kinds of happy. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the news of the week. It was obviously a odd one that Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 is going to give us disclosure and an anti-gravity machine. But uh, You go, boy, Yeah, I guess. If he does it, I'm all for it. Like I said, I will back him 100% if he comes out and says, here's proof there's aliens. I mean, has he got bodyguards all the yes. time? Because I was just thinking, like, you have all of these stories of people. I have this government information, and then, you know, the men in black showed up or whatever it is. So I was, oh, yeah. no, is he, he says, really, like, taking, like, crazy precautions, Oh, no, too? he really is. And he's been on, like, long-form podcasts like uh, Joe Rogan's and a couple others. And when asked, like, direct questions, he'll be like, I can't talk about that. I mean, he's being smart about it, and he's got a, he's got people that are, that have his back. He's shared his information, so if anything were to happen to him, the information is still there. It's all been recorded. So I mean, he is, and he says like weird weird shit happens to him all the time. Like the phone will ring, and there'll be like three clicks, and then then two two beeps, and it hangs up. So he knows they're tracking him, whoever they are. They're but... just trying to initiate a shave in the haircut bit. <laughs> exactly. And you just have to say two bits and hang up. And there. hang up. That's all you got to do. 
Come on, so, man. So here, so since you're the guest, you get to choose. Would you like to talk about your paranormal thing first, or do you want my quick one first? It's completely up to you. Uh, choices are hard. I hate I hate choosing things. Well, then you go first. Okay. Well, I, I have two things. All right. Because I was I was thinking about this today, and like I said, I really haven't had experiences. So I have something I was involved with, and then something where I could have potentially become a cryptid story myself. <laughs> So I'm going to start with the one that I was involved with. Okay. Um, because of my interest in everything that I do in the tarot card reading, I have become the de facto, something weird is happening, so call Mac and maybe she knows what's going on. I've, I never, th- th- I've never thought to do that. Well, you should, because apparently everyone else does, <laughs> which I'm okay with. I don't hate that. I had a friend reach out to me and just kind of this funny message, you know, have you or do you know anyone that's done a house saging? I'm like... Please tell me more about what's happening right now. Because I'm like, I don't know anybody currently that does it. I've seen it performed. Oh, really? I've done two. I, well, I, I had not done one. But I'm like, I've seen it performed. I know the gist of it. What's going on yeah, that's that you're question. asking me this question? And she said that she'd had a really weird experience in her house. She was uncomfortable. She was not able to sleep. She heard... Um, this knock on her door, but there wasn't anything there to have made the noise, and it was colder in the back of the house, all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm game. Can you get your paws on some sage? She said, yep, I will treat you to a ramen dinner, and I will have the sage here when you arrive. Oh, there you go. So I went and did my tarot card reading that I was scheduled for that night. And then uh, it was also a full moon, so it was just like everything was lining was up say, to be a really interesting night. night. And I drive out to her place and go there and we sit and chat and just, she kind of told me what was going on. We had some food and I went to the back of the house. I'd been there before and she'd been in one of the front rooms previously, but then shuffled around with new roommates and she was in the back room. And it was definitely colder back there, which there's a lot of things that can explain that in an older house. Yeah. We went through, you know, I kind of, I pulled the door closed. I tried to rattle it in the jam. It was snug in the jam. The cats couldn't have pawed at it. You know, she had some stuff hanging there on on the door, and so I kind of, like, slammed it against the door. I'm like, did it sound like this? She said, no, it didn't sound like that. It sounded like knocking. Kind of went through the whole thing, and then we started uh, with the sage. I didn't have a feather or anything traditional, but since I come from a tarot gig, and that's something I connect to, I took the star card out of that. Because oh, it's go. one of the most positive cards in the deck, and it kind of made me just think of her, because I think it had come up before in a reading... So I went through her house. I saged her house, kind of like piss off ghost. And people tell me, don't do this. You shouldn't have said that. But I seriously went, look, if you continue to bug my friend, I will come back here and kick your ass. You need to piss off. Yeah. And so I went through the whole thing. I saged her house. Um, Everything that you're supposed to do. We buried the sage outside. She hasn't had a problem since. Oh, wow. So you actually had a successful saging, which is really rare the first time you sage a place. Yeah, well, I'm used to weird being called in for weird stuff. Yeah. And I just, I'm I'm not intimidated by anything like that. Sure. So I just, I just went and did it. And like I said, I was kind of in a groove that night from, you know, like <laughs> I just done a bunch of tarot readings, was feeling pretty good, and, you know, beautiful moon up in the sky like let's do this this is a perfect night you know it's a it's a perfect night for an exorcism (laughs) um so yeah and she's i haven't heard any issues since then wow now wait do you think that so she was she was legitimately afraid of this ghost even though it didn't seem to be doing any harm towards her she felt off 
Really? There was something that felt malicious and okay. it was keeping her awake. And she was, it wasn't just creeped out. Like, it felt bad. Oh, okay. Well, then and that's... I remember going through, and it might have just been from us moving through the house, but it did not seem as cold in the back end of the house by the time I left. Really? Yeah. So I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't have any, like, oh my God, I'm having a moment experience. But, and I mean, she was able to sleep at night. That's good enough for me. Yeah, no, that's the, hey, that's the end result you want. So the second story is actually, I was thinking about it today, and it is it is related to Typecast. First day... Hold on, which you guys should go and check yes. out on Kickstarter, Typecast. Now, if you go to search Kickstarter, will Typecast be the first one that pops up? Um, It should. It'll be Typecast. Um, You can type in Typecast the series, Typecast the web series. There, were, there was another unsuccessful Typecast one. Ours is the only one with monsters. You can also go to bit.ly slash typecast tv just the letter t and v that's sort of our short link to get to there as well oh okay cool but yeah i i thought i maybe was going to become a cryptid at one point <laughs> uh so our first day of filming we were actually out in the woods doing guerrilla filming as one is wont to do when you don't have the budget to rent a location so we basically set up around our area to look like it was a birthday party and I was like, oh, because we, we had a kid on set with us, a couple of kids. And we're like, oh, it's it's her birthday party. So if anybody came by, which looked normal, like somebody brought a football, the whole thing. A woman running around in werewolf makeup is maybe slightly less of a, ha ha ha, it's a birthday thing. It's LA. You never know. True. And that was going to be my backup story. But I was hoping not to tell that story in the first place if somebody <laughs> showed up. So we had a code, if the rangers are showing up, we would go on the walkies and say, the strippers are here. And we only got one code, the strippers are here. But I heard it, and I took off into the woods so fast, I shit you not. <laughs> like, I was down a fucking hill and hiding in the trees. And, like, when I finally came back up, when we got the all clear, people were like, where the fuck did you go? Because I just disappeared into the woods. But I just had this vision that I was going to be in the next, like, Patterson-Gimlin film. Oh, hell yeah. Of, like, weird, you know, uh, plaid-garbed wolf woman seen walking through local forest or something. That is exactly how those things get started. And then you have to be like, ooh, do I want to let them know it was me or do I just ride this out? I mean, what an amazing marketing ploy that would have been exactly. for a typecast. I kind of wish that was the case. Go donate. Um <laughs> But yeah, I thought, oh, this is how I become a cryptid story. Or worse, you get shot by some crazy ranger that or some crazy kid. That was my other kid. thought. It's like, this is, okay, either I'm going to be the next Bigfoot video or I get shot dead and they're going to be like, oh, fuck, it was just a woman in makeup. <laughs> I didn't get nothing. Why, well, why werewolves? Because ever since I've known you, it's been werewolves. So why werewolves? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's been since childhood. I mean, my favorite film is the 1941 Wolfman. My license plate says Wolf Lady. Like, this is Wait, a I don't big think I knew part that. of my life. Really? Yeah, my That's custom cool. license plate, because I'm a total L.A. douche, That's says cool. Wolf Lady. It's all right. I'm waiting on my custom plates. So they're, they're coming in any day now. <laughs> but no, I'm a big fan of the idea of, of the transformation of it. I mean, it really started with film and media whenever my mom would have... My mom was a big horror fan. So I would always read all of her horror compilations, but if there was a werewolf story, I just found myself particularly attached to it. Werewolf movies, and there was something always really drawing about it. I think it's because um, I, I realized later on in life that I deal with anxiety. When I was a kid, I didn't know what it was. Um, I dealt with temper issues when I was younger and trying not to lash out at people and 
So it, it really spoke to me about that duality, maybe a chance to be like a, a way to blow off steam. Yeah. But on the other side, like I like werewolves from a lot of different angles because I like that. But I also really like the idea of the pathos. I mean, the 1941 Wolfman, when he's outside of Gwen's window and looking up and he's just, he's lost because he knows, he knows what's wrong with him. Yeah. And he can't do anything about it. And bad things happen to good people. That's just the reality of life. And um, lycanthropy in a lot of these is, I mean, that that's exactly what it is. And I've just found that always very drawing. I mean, even in high school to graduate from uh, my high school, you had to do a presentation on any topic you wanted in front of a panel of of teachers. Oh, wow. And I did mine on lycanthropy. I did a PowerPoint presentation on lycanthropy. That was my graduating presentation. So is it real? I think there's the mental side of it very much so. I think there's a lot that people connect to the same way they do with the vampire mythos. But it's also, it's a, it's like we talked about earlier, it's something that's really, really evolved as oh, yeah. time has gone on. I mean, um, early stories had a very different mechanic for how people would turn into werewolves. And it was one of two ways. It was uh, involuntary and you were cursed usually by a god or like the case of King Lyakin and things like that or you made a pact with somebody or did something bad like I think the most fucked up one is if you were born on Christmas that you could and it was like that or like the seventh child which is actually that's just mean though because Christmas babies have it bad enough as is right? now they're werewolves too and that's weak well Curse of the Werewolf with um, Oliver Reed which is a Hammer film actually uses that as the mechanic for why he is a werewolf which is really? a very unusual thing to see um, but you had like um, drinking from a water from a wolf's paw you know the magic pelts the salves there's Thoughts even that um, aconitum, which is wolfsbane, was yeah. used in salves that, and it's highly halluc- highly toxic and can be hallucinogenic in very small quantities. So it's possible that in some cases people thought they were werewolves because of wolfsbane. That that seems like a very logical explanation for a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's also like that's it's uh, werewolves were really big in Native American and early settling times here too, as well. Well, to a point. I mean, you have the Navajo skin changers, the yeah. skin walkers, yeah, skin which walkers. were nasty. They were really, really bad things. Um, you also had the Nagual, which are, um, Mesoamerican, uh-huh. which could be good or bad. Um, what about the, is, do you have, what about the Dueyo? Do you know about the Dueyo? Uh, it's God, the Appalachian werewolf. Yeah. There's which all is kinds a, of stuff, which out is there. actually a Bigfoot werewolf conglomerate that's why and and honestly a lot of the stories get mixed up between bigfoot and werewolves especially modern stuff like the beast of bray road which is wisconsin yep there's some discussion about maybe it's not a werewolf and it's bigfoot and there's different levels there's ones where people transform there's ones where like the scottish wolver they always look like that yeah that's like the the dog man of michigan where i grew up it was the dog man and he was always a dog man as far as I know, he never transformed. And there's a lot of weird stuff that people didn't understand, like hypertrichosis, that, you know, people thought these are wolf people because they're covered in hair when it was just a medical condition. Yeah. And even just, um, it's funny, like the old mythology, a lot of uh, werewolves were women. Really? really I don't think shifted, I knew that. It shifted to become a very masculine thing. But it's very much in the same vein as like selkies and witches, where it was another way to demonize women. And on top of that... You also have the fact that wolves have been historically misunderstood and demonized. So you get yeah, this basically, 
you're demonizing wolves and women. So female werewolves, the, the, the evil sadistic she-wolf was definitely a big part of older mythologies as well. Um, when you had all of the witchcraft stuff and the people that could transform, a lot of times it was women and they thought, oh, we'll just lop off their hand and see if there's fur inside and then we'll know. <laughs> Which I love when they do werewolf transformations in films where it's more of, um, like, it's inside. Yeah. Like, the movie is garbage. But Van Helsing did a really Oof, interesting yeah. job with having, he's ripping off his skin. Uh, Company of Wolves has a surprisingly amazing transformation. It's more of an allegory type film. It's sort of a Red Riding Hood coming of age thing. But there's a really iconic scene where the guy kind of rolls back his head, opens his mouth, and this wolf snout just like pops oh, out of his mouth. I do. I, I know that image. So, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the movie, but I know that image. Yeah, yeah it's from Company of Wolves. And it's a really uh, very visually stunning film. What's your favorite werewolf movie? Well, it's definitely the 1941 Wolfman. Really? You're sticking with that one? Really? The 19... It's my favorite movie of all time. Okay, well, that would it's do it. It's flawed, but there's a lot of really beautiful things about it. And sometimes you love things because they're flawed. Sure. But it's also where a lot of the modern mythology came from. Because if you look back, um, I want to say 1935 is when Werewolf of London came out. A lot of people have not seen that one. That was with Henry Hull. It was still makeup effects by Jack Pierce. Never heard of this. And he actually goes to Tibet, exotic Tibet, which is actually Vasquez Rocks. Ha! Of course. And he finds this flower called the um, Manifesa Lupina Lumino. And he gets bitten by this other werewolf out there. And it turns out this flower is the only thing that can reverse the transformation when it's happening. And it's, it's a little more Jekyll and Hyde, but it doesn't have... There's like... The flowers bloom... Yeah. In the full moon. And um, some of that, but it, it has a lot less of the trappings. He gets killed by a regular bullet. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler for this movie that's a bajillion <laughs> oh, years old. come on. He gets I just shot, heard about this movie. But um, it's, a, it's a regular bullet. And a lot of what we understand with um, the silver and the pentacles and all of that was courtesy of Mock's script for the 1941 Wolfman. Really? He escaped Nazi Germany. And the Wolfman was his allegory for Nazi Germany. It was good people turning bad. Wolf imagery and iconography was a huge part of the the Nazis' sort of shtick, if you can call it a shtick, being genocidal maniacs. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's why that's why the pentagram, because it's see, I didn't it's, know that was connected. The Jewish star, the the silver came from that. The poem from the beginning of that movie which actually is not tied to the full moon. That movie does not have the full moon trope in it. Huh. Um, that comes in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, was written by Kurt Siedmock. He wrote the poem. It's um, The original is, Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfsbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. It was changed in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman to And the moon is full and bright. Oh, wow. So That's it was more of a time change. of the year kind of thing, which is a little more closely tied to the original you know older werewolf mythos of it being sometimes the time of the year or people would be wolves for seven years and then they would become people again there's there is such a wealth and spread of werewolf mythology all over the world too i mean there's stories of shape changes oh yeah in every culture and it's usually whatever the dominant predatory animal is yeah that makes sense but they, they, they're interwoven through so much stuff, like the stories of black dogs and Bigfoots. I mean, werewolves are always there. There's always a little piece of that 
there too. It's really fascinating to me. Yeah, no, you're right because there's just about every state has a variation of the werewolf, but that's weird. I didn't realize it was that modern about the full moon. So that means all these supposed wolf werewolf sightings are taking a very modern aspect of of the story of the mythos well yes and no because i mean they're just blending a couple of things because the concept of of lunacy is very much a, a thing that's been around for a very long time you know all of the the trappings about how people act during the full moon and that's true i mean a hundred percent true i never thought i never gave it any credence at all until i worked at uh myspace and i worked the night shift and um we dealt with the police uh doing my job, which was a, a, you know, a weird job. But um, if we started seeing an uprise and all these reports and all these police calls, everybody go, why is tonight so busy? And I go, someone check it out, see if it's a uh, full moon. And every damn time it was a full moon. And there's a lot of discussion about why that is. I mean, there is a lot more light. So people do go out and do stupid ass things sure. because there's more light. I've heard theories about it being a pull on the lunar tides and we're, you know, yep. mostly water. Mostly water, yeah. I mean, it, there are still things in this world that aren't necessarily magic, but that we don't understand scientifically either. And psychologically, there's a lot of things that we don't understand about ourselves. I think that's why we also get so many of these sightings or where, like, you see this beginning point of this type of sighting and it just keeps snowballing is yeah. because psychologically we're wired to look for patterns. Plus, we're all, for whatever reason, more 90%, most people are really afraid of the dark, of the unknown, of a large dog, of a large growl, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and their mind just goes off, like, in the worst way. It's a very primal thing. Yeah. Uh, when I went to France the first time, um, the uh, we spent a couple of nights staying out at a hotel um, out in La Forestier. And they actually have wolves out in the forest. So oh, wow. I used to be able to open up my windows to the forest and listen to actual wolves Holy howling crap. at night. But I remember we came back from the city a little later that night, uh, one of the nights, and we had to walk back to the hotel. The cabs weren't running because it was a, a small town. And you could we were walking down this dirt road. I mean, it was a perfect werewolf movie moment. We're walking down this moonlit dirt road, me and my dad and my stepmother, and there's nothing around. Wolves howling on either side. And all of a sudden, we hear this horrible just like oh, growling Jesus. sound. We're like, what the fuck? We were going by a junkyard. And this big fucking junkyard dog <laughs> came running and slammed against the fence. I'm like, that's the jump scare from the movie. And then out of the other side exactly. is going to be where that's the werewolf one of comes. you gets taken down. Exactly. Holy crap. Yeah, it was it was fascinating. And it's still <clears throat> like, it's this primal thing. And it's also, uh, there's still a lot of misconceptions about natural wolves and oh, how yeah. they are. And I actually got to, I'm very fortunate, I got to go play with some wolves in person a few months ago for my <clears> birthday. I was going to bring that up if you didn't, so I'm glad you did. Yeah, out at Project Wild Song. And some people, I'm sure, would have been utterly terrified. And I I was, like, near tears because they were just amazing. I got, I had a wolf, a full-size wolf, come at me and tackle me over and start going after my face and was, like, licking me and being okay, friendly. Good. Yes. But, like, I'm sure some people would be utterly terrified because I just let it happen. It, it knocked me to the ground. Ha, ha. It was just like, boom, one minute I'm sitting up, the next minute I'm on the ground and this this giant animal is there. I mean, like, if it had wanted to do something to me, it could have. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. They're very social and they're very 
family-oriented creatures, and if a wolf goes and starts killing people, there's usually a weird circumstance. You know, um, they're rabid, they're starving. Oh, yeah. You know, something like that. I mean, because you get stories like, um, I I, I still want to know, and we'll never know, um, like, this is my Jack the Ripper, is the uh, the Beast of Gévaudan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was... Lots of reported sightings, lots of people died, and they still don't know exactly what it was. No. My bet is probably still not a wolf. It was probably somebody had a large cat or something weird like that, because there's always been trophy collectors and people are like, I'm going to bring home this giant dangerous animal because I'm fucking stupid, and it's not. It's going to go, well, these things are pink and squishy. Yeah, I'll take this delicious. out. But yeah, they killed, they killed a wolf and said, oh, I got him, 100%, and king whatever it was looked at it and they opened it up and there was nothing inside and then they killed another wolf and that one had I think a hand or a foot or something stupid in it and they killed something else and I was like good lord you're just you're just wiping wolves out and it's basically what happened I mean they were they were going through the wolf population at a dramatic a drastic rate yeah and that's how it led to stories of like well it keeps evading us so maybe it doesn't look like a wolf all the time maybe oh. it's a werewolf or a luguru yes yeah yeah <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I'm, I'm surprised that I actually know that story because a lot of the cryptids, especially the international cryptids, I know a few of them, but I don't know a lot of them. So I'm always happy when I know one. Yeah, it kind of ties interestingly with like um, the the big cats of uh, the England, more English moors kind of thing yeah. too. You know, of like the big cat sightings and if there was something out there because. All it takes is one anomaly, but that's the problem: is people will take an anomaly as you know, bigger than it is. Yeah. It's like, well, it had to be this big super and it's like, no, this happened one fucking time. Well, that's like, that was the impetus for the last, the uh, creatures of the Appalachians was the Black Panther that's still being cited. Even though there's no Black Panthers and they don't exist, especially not in America, it's being cited to this day and they have something on a trail cam Looks like a big fucking Black Panther to me. Animals are really good at not being found if they don't want to be found. If they don't want to be. Found. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, you know, this thing has got a ton. It's like 2,000 miles worth of wilderness and mountains. It's fine. In in fact, in that story, which still blows me away, um, the creatures are the, whatever the last episode was called, Mysteries of the Appalachian, Creatures of the Appalachians. There's an entire human tribe that was lost for a hundred years. They weren't lost. They were. They knew exactly where they were, but no one knew where they were there for a hundred years called the, the Melungeons. Huh. And I was like, what the hell? How is this not taught in every history book of America? That And, and it's proof. They found them. They, they exist. They're um, really dark-skinned, olive-skinned with bright, bright blue eyes. And DNA tests to this day are really inconclusive as to what genetic makeup these people are. Because it's so skewed, the spikes are where there should not be spikes. And huh. it's really interesting. But like you said, if something doesn't want to be found, you can't find it. That's why my personal belief, Bigfoot will be found when Bigfoot wants to be found. We didn't know about the gorillas until, what, the early 1900s, so... I think if there is a Bigfoot out there, it's going to be not in every place it's ever been sighted. It's going to be some kind of weird little off-the-road population because of... Um, uh, what is it called? Is it breeding population? It's something like basically for something to continue to exist and repopulate, you have to have a certain amount of that yeah. creature to exist. It cannot be as widespread as all of the sightings are. No, I agree. 
you know, but I, I think it would be fascinating to <clears throat> to come across that. I don't know that I'm a Bigfoot believer, but it would be really interesting. It's going to be Southern Texas. You have this, this is on record now. It's going to be Southern Texas when they find the Bigfoot because the amount of Bigfoot sightings in a small, very small foresty area of Southern Texas, Louisiana, but mostly Southern Texas um, is growing rapidly every year. To the point where it's not all make-believe and fake because I've seen some of the, the images. Hmm. There is something there, and I think that's where it's going to end up being found. Uh, Mac just made a buddy. Hello, Stitch. What's up, pal? You want to be an awkward werewolf sighting that somebody thinks is totally a werewolf? <laughs> We're really <laughs> bad at recognizing werewolf. things, though. I mean, oh, seriously, yeah. at the right angle, with the right lighting, Stitch could look like he's one of these creatures running around. Because, oh, yeah. um we misidentify a lot and when people are scared your adrenaline boosts everything up yep. and yeah we have we're not good at judging distances we're not good at judging sizes, sizes. No. Yeah. you know uh not everything's owls but a lot of shit is owls because owls are owls. fucking crazy scary i got to Indeed. go to an owl cafe in japan and oh wow they, we um i held one of the owls and my husband did too they're fucking massive they're huge they're massive they can move real quick they're very very quiet you know it's it's no, one of those I, things where i'd love for there to be more stuff out there and there is some stuff out there i i genuinely believe there is i just don't think it's as much as people hope there is oh i agree and, and to get back to uh what what cryptid will be will be found next or which one's going to be real next besides the there will eventually be one uh, Bigfoot in South Texas. Is It's called the Orang Pendek. The Orang Pendek, that's totally a real animal that we just haven't found yet. Because the natives are like, oh yeah, it's just the Orang Pendek. And it's a mean, giant-y, ape kind of, or short kind of, ape kind of thing that's orange. Um, it's going to totally be found to be real. Just because it has, again, a t- an entire jungle and it doesn't want to be found. Yeah, when the villagers and- see it, they go, oh crap. Let's back away because they know better. Yeah. And mammals are, they are the most unusual thing to still be found. But I remember uh, a few years back they found, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's part of the rodent family. It was like a big rat. I kind of wanted one because <laughs> uh, I like animals. Unless they're monkeys or bugs. They, those can go fuck themselves. Monkeys are assholes. And monkeys will go fuck themselves. They're terrible. That's I don't true. like people either. And they're too much like people. That's true too. I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're going to find werewolves out there as much as there's some stuff that i like if you're out there werewolves please come and visit me and or or be on the podcast i want to be a part of all of your shit going on (laughs) please come but um it actually makes me think of a line from uh from the wolf man where they're talking about going out and trying to catch something in the traps and the that movie if you go back and watch it takes a very psychological tact he has somebody coming in telling larry like hey this is mass hysteria this is you you know being kind of implanted with this this fervor of what it is and basically they think he's mentally ill and because of the stress and everything that's happened and the attack and the one guy goes out and he's like might as well set some traps i mean might not catch anything more uh than a diseased mind but even that might be interesting Wow. I didn't realize how ahead of that time the movie was. Jeez. A lot of those movies are, but people just blow them off because the effects aren't as good. They're black oh, yeah. and white and they're, they're hokey. They're, the core of those movies is solid. That is why they have endured. Oh, that's true. I showed, I can't remember who it was, someone very recently. I showed them uh, 
Creature the Black Lagoon. And they're like, I don't want to watch that. That was stupid. very much tail end of the monsters too. Like that was really is. like way later. But it's so good. And they were even impressed with how good it was and how much it held up. I'm like, yeah, these are just good movies. Yeah, they're good but for don't a watch any of the creature sequels. No, because God, no. Uh, especially not Creature Walks Among Us. <laughs> no. Unless you're really drunk. Well, that's true. Because, uh, damn. Uh-huh. No, they, they they did not have a good idea for a follow-up on any of that. Yeah, but a lot of them, there's there's some stuff in there that's really subversive. I mean, hell, watch Bride of Frankenstein. You want to talk about a Christ analogy. Sure, Holy seriously. fuck. Yeah. And even Dracula has some moments where you're like, whoa. I mean, he sits there and he goes to die, to be truly dead. That must be glorious. And it's like, Whoa, what? It's way deep. Yeah. And then watch Spanish language Dracula, which is also phenomenal. I don't know Spanish, though. Well, you can watch it with subtitles. Have you ever seen it, though? No, I have no idea. Oh, so they used to do this occasionally with old Hollywood movies. Um, they When they were trying to hit like the, the Spanish market and the Mexican market, they would actually use the same sets. And they would film with a different cast of the same movie in the evening. So Holy crap. Dracula has the Bela Lugosi version that we know. There is also a Spanish language version no that was shot with an entirely different cast in Spanish and is actually more visually dynamic and slightly more erotic because they could get away with it sure. than the English language Dracula. And they filmed it on the same sets and everything? Exact same sets. Holy crap. It's just um, camera angles and movements are different. And like I said, it's actually, I think on the technical level, the superior movie. I, I like the original. Oh, I I'm, check not, this out. I'm not a big fan of their Renfield because he's kind of got the shrieking laugh as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they used to do that. There's not a lot of them that I'm aware of and probably not a lot that survived sure. to now. But, oh yeah, but that one actually, uh, I think it got released on the Blu-ray box that I have too. Ooh, that's interesting. I gotta check that out. I like that kind of weird stuff. I had no idea that they were so forward-thinking about making Spanish movies for you know, like legit Money. movies. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right, good on them. <laughs> good on them. So, but all right. Well, that was a really good in-depth thing about werewolves. That's. Uh, this is something. I mean, this is not just a passing hobby for me. This is something I have read intensively intensively is that a word it is now you said it I've, intensive and intensely i i mean i've been researching werewolves for the better part of my life i have had so many late nights in middle school and high school plunging the depths of the internet looking for <laughs> stuff i've been in and out like i've seen the communities and you know you had like the people that were you know like the theory anthrop communities like all of that like i've i've gone as in-depth as I possibly can because I just find it fascinating and I, I've i never stopped being drawn to it and I still consume all the werewolf media I can get my grubby hands on. So with the modern mythos of the werewolf, the once every full moon, you're changing, you have no control over your you know, faculty, not faculties. That sounds horrible. It sounds like you're wetting yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> although, although there is a movie called Late Phases that takes place in a retirement home, and it's amazing. Please watch it. It's a more recent film. See, I've never it's, heard of that one either. It's one of the best modern werewolf movies, because as much as I love werewolf movies, there's only a handful that aren't garbage. Well, that's true. American Werewolf in London is phenomenal. Well, that's my second favorite movie. That's a phenomenal movie. Again, with all the modern mythos of a werewolf, you could be killed by a silver bullet. You don't really know what you're doing when you're the werewolf. Would you become a werewolf? I think that people don't need to have this much information about me. <laughs> um, all right, that's fair. I, I There's still a lot of variables there, because it's like... Okay, not in control of your faculties, but do you have anything else outside of that? Like, do like is it 
one night a month? Is it three nights a month? Can I chain myself up, but then I have like extreme well, yeah, sense because of smelling you know... and everything throughout the rest of the month? Or is it just like, I'm a horrible, gross monster and I don't get anything out of it on the flip side, like, ah, oh, I can smell stuff or I'm really strong or other cool shit? Because then, yeah, you can, that's kind of a bum deal. That is a kind of a bum deal. But no, but like you would be able to, because you're in your right mind now, you'd be going, oh God, full moon's coming up. Uh, hey, husband, you gotta lock me up because I'm gonna be werewolfy in a second. So yeah, but if I'm like at the opposite end, it's like a, a new moon or something. Am I like I can smell things from three blocks away? Because that's pretty that? fucking cool, dude. Like super heightened senses. Have I also mentioned that I'm like a mutant X Men fan as well? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, give me, give but, me that shit. But smell, like vision, I'm all there with you. But smell, like. I already have a ridiculously good sense of smell, I'm not going to lie, but I think that would be fascinating and useful. If somebody's going to come sneaking up on you, I want to be able to hear that motherfucker. I guess it's true. You can use it be like, oh, I smell danger. I'm going to go flee into the night. See, all I think of when I see that, or when I think (laughs) of that, is the fact, like, my neighbor over the weekend decided to put manure all over his lawn, so anytime I open up the backyard, I was like, oh my god, But here's my thing. I think if you have an extreme sense of smelling like a wolf, like a dog, that at a certain point with that level of of scent uh, reception, that things would become more less good and bad and just more information because the way that dogs process smell information is different than how we process information. We think of things in terms of this doesn't smell, it smells bad or it smells good. Yep. And they're going, I know so much about this thing. I can intuit how people are feeling yeah. based on their body chemistry. That is true. That is true. So <laughs> I guess like, from a canine aspect. Oh, I'm aspect, sorry. Are you really depressed right now? Because I can just smell it wafting off of you. <laughs> like, that would be fucking useful. Sure. All my right. tarot readings would be even better. Oh, my God. How did she know? <laughs> I can smell I thought it. it was weird that she smelled me before the tarot card reading, but how did she know? You just awkwardly, like, go to shake hands, but you just kind of just... <laughs> Now, mine, and I want you to feel free to play along, tell me if you think this is bullshit, or if you think this is legit, or if you think it's just stupid, because I'm, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to what, how, I, how I feel about it This is a, a really second. great lead up. I'm super anxious now. Oh, I, well, that's how, that's why I wanted you. I just didn't want you to be like, well, I'm just going to sit here and listen to Kurt's stupid little story, because it's really quick, but it's called Suji Ura. Sorry, I was talking to Stitch. I'm already bored. Yep, no, fine. You won't get to know how to play Sujiura then. <laughs> no, tell, tell me tell me what's happening. Tell All me right, more. All right, so Sujiura <laughs> is the... Whoever tells your fortune must tell the truth, even if they would normally lie. And the game is a supposed Japanese game that's named... Or because the game is so popular, the Japanese produced a small cracker called Sujiura, which is roughly translated as Crossroads Fortune Telling Crackers. Did you have any of those when you were in Japan? It sounds like a fucking fortune cookie. It does. It's really fortune cookie-ish. It really is. Now, no, again, but I, I wish I had. Well, you, you definitely... Well, you I, might pe- I pet a that. meerkat. Does that count? Sorry, that's, that's one of my weirder things in Japan. All right, it was but that's way times. cool. I love meerkats. Did they didn't stand tell up? me the future, though. Oh, well, that's not... But that's... They, they did stand up and one was dressed as Donald Duck. Okay, that got weird at the end there, but I liked it. <laughs> My life is weird. I I am attracted to weird things, and they are similarly attracted to me. And that's cool. I'm far. I'm for that. That's cool. Um, so, again, as you can kind of tell from the name of it, Crossroads Fortune Telling Crackers, there's going to be a crossroad involved. Okay. And if you're a Supernatural fan of either the TV show or just Supernatural in general, you know the myths about Crossroads. 
one of the most famous ones that I found that I thought you guys would be interested in involves the musician Robert Johnson. Oh, I know this one. Yes, sweet. Awesome. That's why I was like, oh my God, I know this. I got to tell this one. Yeah. Um, legend has it that while he was living in a, uh, on a Mississippi plantation, a very young, very poor Robert found his one true calling, and that was to be the master of the blues. But unfortunately, he was a serious, mediocre musician, and that's at best. Um, and so he would sing his songs, play play guitar for anybody, but he did not, no one cared. No one cared. They he would have been that sad YouTuber. He really would have been. Especially like, could you imagine like one of your friends being like, listen to me play, and it's just bad. And you have to be like, oh, that's good. Oh, no, good. I've been there. I was a goth club kid. <clears throat> I, 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 oh, you were totally there then. Yes. Yes. And so <laughs> Robert took it upon himself to uh, to fix his plight. So with guitar in hand, he uh, went over to the Dockery Plantation Crossroads at midnight on a moonless night. Following no werewolves. These, no werewolves. Not a one in sight. Uh, following these instructions, Johnson was met at a crossroads by the devil in the form of a large black man who tuned his guitar and played his own haunting music. When he returned the guitar to Robert, he found that he had full mastery of the instrument. The devil had staked claim to his soul in exchange for this gift. And Robert went on to be one of the first members of the 27 Club, dying at 27, but was phenomenal. You can get a couple, well, you can go to YouTube and you can hear all of this stuff. There's not a ton of it, but what is there is phenomenal. So again, we're talking about Sushiura, which is the Crossroads fortune telling game that you guys can play at home. Well, not at home, but you'll you'll get it in a second. Play it in the street, at a neighbor's house, That's exactly on your roof, it. with the ghost in your house. It's good. But you can't do it on the roof. You got to do it at Crossroad. Well... Put a crossroad on your roof. I don't know. See, there's there's rules. Yeah. But is it is it any crossroad? It because is. a lot of times the the whole impetus behind the crossroad is that you buried shit there so it couldn't come back. Aha. Uh-huh. So this is a modern take on that. So what you need, the equipment that you need, is a comb, a veil, and obviously a crossroad. Um so like you, a wedding veil? Or any kind of veil. Okay. Like, uh, basically, just something that you'll have to cover your eyes in a minute. But not you, but like if you're playing the Sushiora. Don't do not do it, Mac. Don't do it. Uh, so <laughs> you go to a crossroad at full dark, completely moonless midnight, full dark. You run your fingers through the teeth of the comb to make a sound. This is where I was like, I'm calling Break. bullshit. Yeah, because that's the dumbest sound. Why did they pick that? That's the sound you do when you're bored and you just happen to be holding a comb. comb holding comb, exactly. That's why. Or I think... unless you're gonna wrap the comb in like wax paper pa- yes. and use it like an instrument and be like, "Fuck you, devil! I'm making my own music." Yeah, but then the devil would imbibe that musical comb, and then your only ability would be the best player of a musical comb. So that's not the. I mean, I don't have lofty dreams. I was gonna say, you gotta <laughs> soar higher. Uh, but yeah, so that's why, I, right there's where I'm calling bullshit on this one, that it's not legit because it sounds too easy to do. But anyhow, you run your fingers through the teeth of the comb to make a sound. You chant the following three times. Sushi-ura, sushi-ura, grant me a true response. Now, you wait for a stranger to appear. Apparently any stranger will I'll do. be there in five minutes. Yeah, be patient. It can be and it cannot be anyone you already know. That's hence the term stranger. I think that's a dumb part of the rule too. It says stranger. But I'm just really strange. So does that make me a stranger to everybody? Uh, if not, if I know you, because that's maybe that's why they had to throw this in because of people like you messing up the Sushiura game. Yeah, but these people on the other end of the podcast don't know me. That's true. If you guys do this and Mac just shows up, you're probably gonna die. I'll be honest with you. She's probably gonna kill you. But when you see them, you must cover your face with the veil. Anyone with you should do likewise. 
See, that's my other part. You got to bring multiple veils, guys. You have to be prepared. <laughs> you to bring a veil? Come on, man. You're messing it up. I don't think you should I'll be do doing it. I'll do it on with, the day. You should be doing it by yourself. You have to do it by yourself. You can't go with other people. That's just stupid. Plus, people are garbage. They're going to ruin it for you. They really will. Go by yourselves. So I'm fixing that rule. But when, uh, again, when you see them, cover your face with a veil and then ask the stranger to tell your fortune. If they refuse, remove whatever is covering your face, a veil, and wait for someone else. Flip them off. Yeah. Piss off. You're not the one Just I was waiting for. Just ignore them completely while the stranger stares at you that came out of nowhere at Tell the side of fortune. a comb. Tell my fortune. But my name's Tim. Yeah. What? <laughs> I was just walk. What? I heard a comb and I was attracted by the sound of a comb. I, just, I love comb music. Yes. Can you play some comb music for me? See? I. So what do you think of Sushi Ura? Um, I don't understand how any of these things go with any of the other things. This was they just don't. somebody got super high and was like, yes. dude, dude. Dude, so like, I got a comb and I have this veil because I was going to marry this girl, but she left me because I like to play the, the comb. What are you going to do with the comb and, and you veil, And you want to just like, let's go to the fucking crossroads and we're going we're gonna to be rock stars, man. Like, yeah, I oh don't, my God. I'm calling this bullshit as well. I'm calling it a creepypasta bullshit. That's not even spooky in my opinion. It's not. And honestly, I think it's spookier just going to a crossroad and trying to invoke Satan himself. Exactly. Or a spirit or like whatever. Because that's the whole spooky thing about Crossroads. This is not, this part isn't bullshit. People legitimately did bury shit yeah. at Crossroads. And a lot of vampire, Johnson, yeah. a lot of vampire mythology has that because, um, Robert, sorry. It confuses the spirit. They don't know which way to go because it's a crossroads. crossroads. Yeah. So that, that part's legit. That's already fucking scary. If you're like, I'm going to go this dirt crossroad where I heard, so-and-so was buried a bajillion years ago. That's already fucking scary. And then just be like, hey, Satan, what's up? I want to play music really good. Plus, out of the way, <laughs> dirt roads are spooky as hell because they're usually covered with woods around, surrounded by woods. And on a night, you're not going to have any kind of street lamps around. Yep. And that's the thing. Is it a dirt road? Can, is it just like, can we go on a paved road? It's it very unclear any. about it this. It says any crossroad, which again... And just imagine you go there and you hear this, this muffles thing from another car. <laughs> it's just banging on the cement. <laughs> what? I can't hear you. Speak up. Tell me my fortune or I have to ignore you until someone else shows up. Yeah. What's my fortune, asshole? Yeah, I just don't... I think, like, as far fortune as... Fortune is to piss off! <laughs> to leave me alone. As far as, like, <laughs> supposed spooky things go, this one is really weak, in my opinion. I don't think... It's not even as scary as Bloody Mary. No, And Bloody really Mary not. is, like, the thing that everybody is terrified of when they're a kid, because, let's face it, dark mirrors are really spooky. Um. So, yeah, I, well, that was mine, and I'm glad that you agree that it's... Not very spooky at all. It's kind of weak. So kids, yeah, I mean, don't like, do sushi yura. It sounds yeah, really lame. Like F plus. Yes, I agree. The plus is for effort. I think even the one man hide and seek was spookier than this. And I didn't really buy the one man hide and seek either. Are you, wait, isn't one man hide and seek just what we're all doing on a regular basis hiding no. from our true selves? No, one man hide and seek is this really spooky thing where you basically imbibe a doll with, uh, you basically summon a spirit, put it in the doll. Oh, wait, this is like the, the first episode yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not one man hide and seek. That's one man and a fucked up doll. Then a fucked up doll trying to kill you. No, Why one man, you one man hide and seek is very philosophical where you go and try and plunge the deep recesses of your mind and come to the realization of what a horrible person you are. you're just you are. alone, yeah. 
and and the crushing loneliness of your existence. Well, <laughs> uh, that's scary. It's funny. Mickey's uh, <laughs> Mickey's girlfriend listened to the first episode, and when she got to the one man hide and seek, she was like, "Mickey, we're never doing this in the apartment." And Mickey's like, "I don't even want to do it. Why would I do that? Why the hell would I want to do this?" Also, I'd rather eat the rice. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stupid rules with that one too. But with that, that leads us to the end of this edition of Paranormal Almanac. Which is really scary. It's That's the scariest part, is that it's over. But before we leave, once again, I'm going to do it this time. Once again, go to Kickstarter, search for Typecast, and watch the video. And I guarantee you, once you watch the video, you'll want to invest, because it's that cool. Yeah, and you, if you want to find my spooky ass irrespective of that, you can also find me everywhere online as at Strange Like That. At Strange Like That. That's perfect. Thank you. C'est moi. Well, th- this has been awesome. I love it. I love it when I can have an interview edition because we don't get that many of them. So thank you very much for being on Paranormal Almanac. For everybody listening. Oh, wait, I have one more shout out. To the fans from Bangladesh. Thank you guys so much. I think it's really crazy cool that I've got fans in Bangladesh. Do you have crossroads there? Inquiring minds want to know. Please tell us. Please let me know. Like, honestly, do a shout out. If you have the ability to get on Facebook, please go on Facebook and say hi to me there. Um, I've got... It's really bizarre. I've got fans in Bangladesh, Australia, England, and Ireland. Oh, especially Ireland as well. You guys are awesome. Kurt can be summoned through a mirror. Very easily. I can be summoned like that. You can... You don't even know. You get to the point where you stop. You want to be like, stop summoning Kurt. It's just that happens that quickly. Uh, but yes, so uh, click subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Go to Facebook, click like there, and leave me a message. If you guys have a ghost story, please tell it to me there on uh, Facebook. If I like your story, I'll tell it on the air. If I really, really like it, I'll have you on to tell it yourself. Thank you guys again, and have a great night. Ciao.